The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGPN on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by PickWise. PickWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PickWise.com to make your next bet better. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 NFL Week 1 exclusively on the SGPN app. You know what that sound means as we draw ever closer to the National Draft Weekend. Boy, are you guys ready yet? I mean, this is like seriously Draft Weekend. Hopefully you're getting together. Hopefully you're getting your friends together safely, of course, tipping a few back, eating some nachos, putting those stickers on the draft boards. And as you start to prepare for that, we are going to go hot and heavy with some players to keep an eye on. Because listen... Everybody has buzz names and everybody has opinions on some of their favorite players. Uh, and we have 10 of those to go down today. But I am super excited. And if I'm talking faster than normal, it's because I've got a very special guest on. And I'm super excited to share some takes with Liz Loza of Yahoo Span- Fantasy Sports. Fantasy Forts. See? <laughs> you can get everybody caught up. So, Liz, thanks so much for joining the show. Absolutely. I'm super psyched to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm ready to debate, get those, uh, get those. And, and hopefully through that debate, through our differing viewpoints or our c- confirming, agreeing uh, viewpoints, we can help some people draft really succinctly and win their leagues. I would like to do nothing short of that. And of course, we've got Dan Titus on board as well. We got Liz for the first five because listen, she has got to go five different places all at once. And so she's (laughs) spending some time with us before hopping onto another show. And Dan's going to come in for the second five. But again, we are so stoked to have Liz. You guys know that I can speak in perfect sentences, but for some reason today, I'm a little more flush. So let's just, let's roll with this. All right. So Liz, let's explain the show to you. We are going to put three minutes on the clock. And once you hear this noise, 30 seconds left on the clock. All right. And then once this is sounded, That means that our time is up and we move on to the next topic. Simple as that. All right, let's dig in, shall we? We start with one Trey Lance. He's had a great preseason showing, which leaves a lot of people really flocking to Trey Lance. But some people forget Jimmy Garoppolo is still there in San Francisco, still starting. So Liz, are you all in or are you all out on Trey Lance? Where do you stand? Well, I don't like hedge when we're doing when we're giving our first debate points but right now Trey Lance is being drafted in the 12th round which I think is more than acceptable Jimmy G is starting if you saw the clip of him at the press conference he had a big smile on his face he is going to be the week one starter and he's facing the Lions so I think Jimmy G by the way is going to be a great sleeper or a sneaky play especially in DFS come week one Eagles are up next then I think if he falters Trey Lance might start to see some action maybe come late September, early October. This is the guy who was drafted number three overall. He is Kyle Shanahan's fever dream of a project. And not for nothing, when I talked to Austin Eckler during Eckler's Edge, a show we do every week earlier, uh, Austin had played a preseason game with the Chargers against the 49ers, and his eyes lit up when I about asked him about Trey Lance and how soon he thought he would start. He was like, oh, my God, is he good. He's, everyone talks about his legs. He can run so well, but his arm is straight fire. He was talking about how hard of a thrower he was. I think that you're going to see Trey Lance sooner, sooner than later. And I think when you mention his rushing ability, just from a scoring perspective, he gives fantasy managers a top 10 to 12 um, uh, production available, but not until he starts. So I think in the 12th round, I'm all in. You're all in in the 12th round. So, but are, are you still grabbing Jimmy G 
with Trey Lance is maybe, I don't want to say a handcuff, a quarterback handcuff, but are you hedging with Jimmy G and Trey Lance or, or are you just leaving Jimmy G alone? If you're drafting in a super flex league, I love Trey Lance. Why not have him immediate upside? If you're in a one quarterback league, like a 10 or 12 teamer, then you're probably going to bench him because I don't think he's going to come off that bench and onto the field until probably October. But when he does, he's going to give you top 10 to 12 production on a weekly basis. If we're looking at Jimmy G, I'm just saving him for anything except DFS because I do think he'll smash in week one. Yeah, as a 49er fan, I, like I really I know he's the future. I understand that he's the future, but Jimmy Garoppolo still has one good year in him, I'm convinced. And not just that, but it's a contract year, so he's going to try to be auditioning for his next team. So, I'm not ready to give up on Jimmy Garoppolo for this season. If I'm in a dynasty, yeah, I'm going to take Trey Lance, but in a redraft, I think I may just end up leaving him on the waiver wire for somebody else because I don't know that he's going to start enough games to take any roster or take a, a, a draft capital from me, even in the later rounds, if I can find somebody that I like better than Trey Lance there. So, all right, so let's move on to another rookie quarterback to a guy that, uh, again, we talked about uh, uh, some very polarizing takes on this guy only because he went first. And now people are starting to think maybe that uh, Trevor Lawrence may not have the teeth to be exactly what everybody thought he was going to be. Liz is making a face. I want to know exactly. Liz, are you all in? Are you all out on Trevor Lawrence, given what we've seen in the preseason? Well, listen, he is a rookie quarterback, and I know he's supposed to be this transcendent generational talent, and I'm not taking that away from him. He also opens the season, by the way, against the Texans, so... Uh, that's a pretty great way, a pretty sweet matchup in which to gain your first reps. Even if he is incredible and we're expecting him to pass a lot because that defense is so sloppy, he's obviously missing his you know, safety valve slash former teammate in Travis Etienne who suffered this list frank injury. But I think that wh- wh- why are we expecting Trey Lance to be? No one's drafting him in the top 12. Like what? He's going to be a top 20 quarterback. That I absolutely believe. The whole Urban Meyer experiment, whether it be myth or legend, we'll find out. But that doesn't mean that Trevor Lawrence isn't an incredible talent with a bad defense who's going to throw the ball a lot. And I don't need a whole bunch of noise to tell me that that makes fantasy magic. Blake Bortles, by the way, made fantasy magic in the same team doing just that. And I don't think anyone's going to disagree that Trevor Lawrence is a much better talent than old BB. Come on now. Blake Bortles. I, I love him. But yeah, you're right. Look at uh, rookie quarterbacks, especially first round picks. I mean, we saw Alex Smith, right? We saw how Alex Smith on a, uh, I guess, a really not very good San Francisco 49ers team coming in. They pushed him and they pushed him a little too much and they pushed him a little too far. Now, he granted ended up being a good quarterback in the end, but I don't think he was given the proper opportunity. Like I think Trey Lance is going to when we talk about Trey Lance, if he sits for a year, all that seasoning for me is going to turn into a better quarterback. But with Trevor Lawrence, I I don't know. There are very few rookie, rookie quarterbacks to me that come in and automatically mean fantasy, like you said, fantasy gold. So I I don't know. I like to stay away from rookie quarterbacks. Maybe that's why I don't win as many leagues as I should. Uh, But Trevor Lawrence, I I don't know. I'm letting the noise seep in a little bit. So maybe Liz, you can talk me down off of that ledge. Give me a, a really solid and give the folks a really solid Trevor Lawrence uh, uh, gusto take here on why they should take him. Well, I don't think you need to draft him. If you look at the ADP, there's no reason to draft him. Again, if you're in a super flex league, that changes things. But I do think you want to print out the schedule and circle some matchups to win yourself some money in DFS, like week one against the Texans and uh, September 30th. What is that week? One, two, three, four against the Bengals. I mean, he has got a gorgeous schedule in some of these matchups. And I feel like, I I mean, DFS is a part of fantasy. I like making money. COVID hasn't made anything cheaper, my God. So um, I I feel like, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a great DFS play. And no one's, this is not, we're not talking about players who are being drafted like in the first, you know, 30 picks or something. So if you want to take a flyer, take a flyer. But 
there are plenty of options ahead of it. Yeah, and I agree with the 30 picks, but you know, the thing is that most people have those 30 picks locked. And so when you start talking about the guys that could end up winning you a couple of weeks here and there that you grab late in the rounds, because everybody likes to be sneaky, right? Everybody likes to be that that person that drafts the, the next major breakout. And so some of these guys, I, you know, a couple of them are, a couple of them aren't, but this guy for sure, I don't know that anybody was drafting him in the first place, uh, but now that Teddy Bridgewater is has been named oh. the starter... <laughs> I'm just frustrating the hell out of Liz today, aren't I? Drew Locke, uh, are we are we still believing in Drew Locke or are we actually uh, giving up on anybody that's throwing the ball in Denver, Liz? I mean, Vic, what are you doing, Vic? Like, I get it. I'm, I understand that the Bron- – like, first of all, when you're analyzing fantasy, you have to look at the whole team. You can't just, like, look at a bunch of numbers in a stat sheet, right? Like Vic Fangio is a defensive coordinator. He came from Chicago. He did amazing things with the Bears defense. He's a defensive-minded coach. The Broncos, by the way, have an awesome defense. They, not for nothing. If you want to stream a defense or you're drafting a defense, the Broncos opening schedule defensively is pure money. So go ahead and grab yourself the Broncos defense and don't sweat anything because I guarantee no one is looking at the schedule ahead like I am. All right. To that end, that means that Vic Fangio doesn't that he doesn't care about fireworks on offense. He doesn't care about your fantasy team. He's not Sean McVay. He's not Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't come from those trees. He is an old school Red Booth Italian dude who wants to win on defense. So he's taking the safer option. Teddy Bridgewater is the safer option. He's not a better quarterback for fantasy. By the way, I thought Drew Locke might be a little bit more fun. I particularly liked him more in terms of Cortland Sutton's ability to come back from his injury because that is a gorgeous match. I do think that Teddy Bridgewater adds more stability to the offense. I think Jerry Judy benefits from Terry Br- Teddy Bridgewater being under center because of his uh, route running and ability in the slot. But I also think it makes things much less exciting. He has all of these incredible weapons at his disposal. And he did. He was not a game manager just a game manager in Carolina. He showed more, but the way this team is being run, he's not going to be told to air it out. That's not the way this is going to run. And when you have like weapons like Noah Fant, who by the way, drew 12 red zone targets last year, you've got a, you've got a touchdown machine, a red zone threat because of his incredible athleticism coming out of Iowa, drafted in the first round, and you just throw him 12 red zone shots all season that is not when i look at that stat in particular it makes so much sense that teddy bridgewater is going to be the quarterback and it means that there is not going to be enough volume for all of these receivers to eat the only one i want to take a a chance on is jerry judy because of his precision and because of where he catches the football and so that's the thing with all of those weapons that that's probably why drew Locke and I, I was reading so many tweets about people that were saying that he was even a back end QB one for some people I, and not me here, but some people and like in deeper leagues, th- you know, thinking about being a QB one with all the weapons that surrounded him. But the problem was is that it was drew Locke, right? I mean, the quarterback in, in Denver was supposed to be okay, but I don't know. Even still drew Locke, I'm out on drew Locke. You look like you're out on drew Locke, Liz want to be i like him i think it's a really really boring choice but the job of a head coach is to win games not to you know put up numbers yeah and and unfortunately in denver i don't know that the numbers are going to come at all and especially that is disappointing like you said for the weapons that you were counting on like jerry judy like court like court like no offense i mean no offense had some big time value so if you're drafting these guys now Right, the, not just because Drew Locke is out and, and Teddy Bridgewater is, and this is where this is where you have to start thinking about the effect of the quarterback on the players below. So you go into your draft now and realize that Teddy Bridgewater's at the helm. These guys take a hit. So if you're looking at him in the earlier rounds, like maybe you were before, you might want to pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, somebody that is really not getting the brakes pumped on him and maybe the gas is being hit on him, uh, especially now that he's had a couple of good preseason showings. It's Marquez Callaway. Liz, talk me through this guy and why is everybody through the roof for this guy now? And they, a lot of people are all in on him. Are you among those? Um, well, I think right now he's being drafted in the double digit rounds between rounds 10 and rounds 12. So before Trey Lance, apparently. Um, but I think everybody is just thinking about the amount of volume that he's going to get. Like Michael Thomas is 
to quote my colleague Andy Barron's in a cold war with his team, which is never good, on top of being injured, right? Traquan Smith is dealing with an injury. Adam Troutman looks like as much as the preseason hype showed him to be, you know, he's a he earned the top uh, run blocking grade from PFF over 90 last year as a rookie. It looks like he's going to be used as an inline tight end with his hand in the ground a lot. So as much as a lot of people were expecting him to get this volume, it's not going to happen to keep my eye on, by the way, if you're looking for late round picks, Juwan Johnson, who is the converted wide receiver, converted to tight end this summer um, while at camp and the athletics Catherine Terrell said would have, she anticipated would have a Jared Cook-like presence in the offense. He is dirt cheap, almost free in every single draft. So if you want to throw a dart late, especially at a volatile position like tight end, uh, I would go with Jawan Johnson. He, by the way, last plug, um, also now has tight end eligibility on Yahoo Fantasy. So in the Yahoo game, you can draft him as a tight end. But back to Callaway, undrafted. We really liked what he did down down the stretch last season. Um, nothing incredible metrics-wise, but he is flashing. He is a double-digit option, and there's nobody else. And so when we look at a storied franchise like the Saints, and we know that Sean Payton is this creative, inventive, offensive mind, of course we want to have a piece of that. You know, it's not, it's not like Detroit, right, where, like, you're not seeing any of these receivers drafted partially because it's Anthony Lynn and Dan Campbell. And that's just not an exciting offense, but also because we don't know which one of these receivers is going to be the receiver, but the receiver is going to draw a ton of targets. And so now we have some clarity, even if we don't have it at the quarterback position, we have it in this receiver room that Callaway seems to be at least the wide receiver ones or two. And Traquan Smith, by the way, has never been consistent or put it together despite all of his chances. And now he's injured. So I understand the hype on Callaway. And from a pure volume perspective, I am 100% for it as long as his value and his ADP stays in the double digit rounds. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you're drafting this weekend, maybe the hype has not caught up to him yet. And so if you're listening to this show and you're drafting with your friends and they didn't watch too much preseason because uh, there's not a lot of people that live and breathe this like we do. Uh, but, you know, when you're going into your home draft and you're finding those guys and they're letting them slip and they're letting them slip, uh, this might be one of those names that you can grab the sticker and uh, and shock a lot of folks because if they weren't paying attention, right, now the name is on your, on your radar and you can grab them and you can feel safe about them. So, uh, all right, let's move on. Damian Harris is a name that I've seen at so many people. Again, see, this is why I, I chose these names, these polarizing opinions on him. Just the fact that you made that gesture alone says you've got a pretty strong opinion on Damian Harris. So talk me through what what the, well, first of all, what the uh was and, and where we stand on Damian Harris, Liz. Okay, so I wrote an article two and a half weeks ago about my favorite my favorite value targets and Damian Harris practically led the piece. I love him. I don't know how he could be a divisive player. No, 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 no. Let me tell you. I know how he's a divisive player because there are a lot of people who get stuck in a cycle of recency bias and are driven solely by narrative, which is by the way, not a good way to live your life because narratives change. Evolution's a thing. I believe in science. Anyway, uh, in terms of Damien, like the, the narrative has been like, I don't trust a Patriots running back. All right. Well, you can continue to do that or you can, I don't know, look at the data available and make a decision because also the Patriots are not the same team that they were when that narrative was uh, was true. We saw that last year. I mean, avocado tequila, they have moved on and. Uh, Damian Harris is the team's RB1. Ramondre Stevenson is a very interesting play, but every story about Ramondre Stevenson, every flash that we've seen out of that rookie has been part of Sony Michelle's story. It has nothing to do with Damian Harris. People also forget that Damian Harris, like he is a jack of all trades and a master of none. Sure, but at Alabama, he was the RB1, not Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs had the flash. It was Damian Harris who was trusted. And when I think about head coaches who want trust and reliability, particularly out of their running backs, uh, I think that this is a pretty healthy marriage. Also, here's a fun fact on Damian Harris. Per PFF, he was the highest graded running back in 2020. I didn't stutter. That is a fact. Ahead of both Derrick Henry and Delvin Cook, he is hyper-efficient. 
Um, and he's also improved since his time at Alabama, but he is efficient. He is reliable. James White is getting old. He's a capable pass catcher. Probably still James White is going to see most of that. But again, he's aging and Damian Harris could be working towards an every down an every down role in this offense. Cam Newton, ah, reports are saying that he may not be available to vulture the goal line much longer anyway. And now Sony Michelle is in Los Angeles. So I don't know why you're not drafting him. He's my RB20. Well, and that was my next question. But also, do you trust him more with Mac Jones helming that or, or when Cam Newton actually does depart, which I feel like is sooner rather than later. But do you trust him more if Mac Jones is in charge? Um, I are you saying because there might be more checkdowns and is he going to get the the checkdown looks or is it going to be James White? Well, I mean, just as an overall basis, like, do you think that Mac Jones will lean more on his running back or do you think they'll have to do that or, or what? I mean, what do you think Damian Harris's outlook is with Mac Jones? Is it better or worse than with with Cam? I mean, I think from a PPR perspective, the issue is James White, right? Like we have seen that non-mobile quarterbacks have a tendency to check down to their running backs at a much higher rate than mobile quarterbacks because mobile quarterbacks, instead of checking down, will just run with it. So um, I think while, you know, the offense is not going to be as run focused under Mac Jones, I do think I am not as scared off by James White as a lot of people were or are. He may be Bill Belichick's guy, but he's not like Tom Brady is not there anymore. And I think that Mac, I think that Damian Harris does so much well that he's going to be on the field and he's going to build a rapport with Mac Jones. So I am not particularly worried with the quarterback change. I think, in fact, at the goal line, it might help Damian Harris. RB20, so definitely an RB2 to grab in your draft. And you're definitely looking at him in, you know, those those mid-rounds as somebody that can really win you a few weeks that you probably wouldn't have won before without him. So, Liz, we want to appreciate your time. This is where we'll part ways with you because we know you have got several other things on your plate. But again, we just want to thank you so much, so much for spending some time with us. And of course, please, please tell everybody where they can find you all over the socials. If they're not following you already, they need to. And uh, yeah, definitely some good stuff going on. So Liz, tell me. Absolutely. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for having me. Dan, I'm so sorry I didn't get to debate or hear any of your thoughts. I'll definitely listen to the episode because I'm interested in all of these points of view. Wait, can we do one with Dan? Like, I know I'm supposed to sign off now and I'm just going to be late to my next thing, but I feel like Dan just like played third wheel this whole time and I want to... Oh, oh, can no, we play? Yeah, can, no, we absolutely can. Listen, you, you, yes, <laughs> absolutely we could do one together. In fact, I'll, I'll even let awesome. Dan take take this next one with you. That way you can have right. uh, a whole one with you. Look, oh, here we go. All right, so let's move on. Awesome. The next one is a, a uh, guy who is a victim of circumstance or a benefitor of circumstance. And now even more so as <laughs> we, there's another hand in the pot to stir it. Uh, Daryl Henderson is next, polarizing because of Cam Akers, but now even more so because because of the the Sony Michelle signing, but uh, Liz and Dan, please start talking about uh, Daryl Henderson to us, please. Sure. Dan, so first? Thanks, Liz. I'll kick it off. So I know that Sony Michelle, recently acquired by the Los Angeles Rams, people are getting a little skittish on Daryl Henderson, but I don't think that you should be worried. McVeigh came out today to say that. Daryl Henderson, despite his injury, is still the unquestioned back that's going to be heavily involved in their offense. So how heavily involved are we talking about here? Well, it, I mean, it's it's a thing that McVay loves, loves to run the ball. Seventh in rushing attempts last season for the L.A. Rams. And I don't ex- expect that to change. Matthew Stafford is now at the helm. This should only make the, ex- the offense that much more explosive. We saw that Jared Goff really struggled in the passing game with the short and intermediate throws. Definitely can't make any long throws. It was painful to watch the offense really. So now that you have Cam Akers out of the way, this is really Daryl Henderson's backfield. And right now you're getting him at a really good discount considering that he's usually a third tier back. So he's going after the, you know, Mike in the range of the Mike Davises or around the Kareem hunts. This is a every down back here. And I'm not worried about Jake Funk, Xavier Jones and Sony Michelle. Z- Sony Michelle proved that he is a plotting back. Daryl Henderson was actually very effective last season, and I think there's a lot of upside getting him at an RB2 status in your drafts this season. So I think there's, people shouldn't be worried about Sony Michelle. Now, there's always been a running back by committee in Sean McVay's offense, but Daryl Henderson will be the lead opportunity back for this offense. 
I am so glad that I decided to debate with you because this is not a debate. This is just a handshake of agreement, Dan. Um, I cannot <laughs> understand why Daryl Henderson remains so divisive. Cam Akers right. is not in the picture. Like we have to divorce our feelings about players from the right. facts about players. And Daryl Henderson is the lead running back on an offense that we're expecting to be absolutely lit, particularly with the upgrade at quarterback that you mentioned. And let's put some numbers to it, right? Because I, people are always like, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> let's put some numbers. Per PFF, I think that's a site that we all trust and often mm -hmm. um, cite, right? Per PFF, Daryl Henderson was the highest graded running back with a score of 90.2 through week eight of last season. We always remember what we see last. We saw Cam Akers take over last. Charles Robinson, who is uh, Yahoo's NFL insider, was at training camp in Los at the Rams training camp, and he really, really was asking, like, are you guys going to bring in a veteran back? Like, what's the deal? Are you guys going to bring in a veteran back? And they were like, nah, man, we, we believe in Daryl Henderson's talent. We believe in his talent. We're a little bit worried about the durability. It's also the running back position. So, wow, that's a little volatile. Um, <laughs> but we really believe in his guy. We have our eye on Jake Funk. We think Jake Funk might really be something. They, they told Charles numerous times that Jake Funk was probably the number two. And we just saw in the last preseason game, by the way, that Funk definitely is getting funky and is probably in line. He's not ready though. So what happened when Daryl Henderson hurt his thumb? They went out and got a vet. They waited until they, until he hurt his thumb because the issue was not talent. The issue was availability. And if he's not going to be available, they need to have somebody else. And also what it like Sony Michelle caught a bunch of passes in that preseason game. So I think that was kind of a showcase, right? To see like, look, he can catch passes too. Something that you're going to need in Los Angeles. But that doesn't, the same way that Ramondre Stevenson's uh, surge was a story about Sony Michelle, not Damian Harris. Sony Michelle's surge is a story about Jake Funk, not Daryl Henderson. So he is my, I have him, well, I think RB 23. He's in that range for me. I'm not worried about it. And I will buy the dip every time in ADP. 100%. By the dip. I love that. That's a love that. By the saucy. dip. 100%. I love it. You got, yeah, you got Daryl Henderson right there around the Damian Harris level. So you, yeah, you really love that guy. I do. I mean, I like Harris a little bit more, but like I, that I don't really want to mess with the running back dead zone. I'd frankly like to reach for, depending on where I am drafting, like if I have one of the first five picks in a draft, like I personally would prefer to reach for like Chris Carson who is going to be hurt. He's going to miss time, but he is an every down player. Again, attached to pretty exciting offense. I don't mind a, a running back attached to uh, Russell Wilson, especially when he's caught 37 balls in back-to-back -back seasons and evolved his skill set the way that Chris Carson has. So I don't really want to mess with the running back dead zone, but sometimes if you have to, you have to know this, you have to know what's ahead of you. Cause if you're drafting from the like 11 spot, you're not going to be able to go running back, running back in the same way. Or if you do, you're going to miss out on the elite tight end or one of those premier wide receivers. So right. that does mean having to parse through this icky area and finding the guys you like the most. And that is exactly what this podcast is supposed to help you with the icky areas of fantasy football drafts. <laughs> I am all about that. So, uh, Liz, I'm so glad that you stuck on for one more. So we will. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let you Absolutely. get. Yeah, we'll let you get off to where you got to go next. But again, please tell everybody where they can find you on social media and all your work. Sure thing. Well, you can always first, I'd encourage you to download the Yahoo Fantasy app and sign up for a league on Yahoo Fantasy. It's the league I was playing on before I was working for them. And it is it wins tons of awards. Check out Fantasy Plus as well. For me, you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Liz Loza underscore FF. I've got a podcast. I've got a weekly show with Austin Eckler. Um, and I just, I'm really excited for this next season. I am so thrilled to meet two new people in this space, you Rod and Dan. And um, I hope your listeners like all draft really well. And even if you don't, you follow me <laughs> and the rest of you guys throughout the season to help with those waiver wire moves and just crush. And if you don't crush it, just have fun while you're doing it. That's the exactly. bottom line. That's exactly what I want, everyone. So, uh, Liz, once again, thanks for joining us. We're going to stick around after the break. When we get back, we're going to debate the last four with just me and Dan. As, as again, you'll see what Liz is up to next. Go follow her on Twitter. Definitely, definitely good stuff out there. So, thanks, Liz. 
I'm pretty sure I don't have to ask this question anymore because I know the answer. So guess what? You are ready to win and boost your odds because WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing you the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. You can get in on all your favorite teams, all your favorite players, your sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much much more great promos odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports we have what you need to win are you ready to play i know you are sign up today receive a special offer it is a risk-free 500 sports bet download bet win download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning of course we're also brought to you by prop swap america's number one app to buy and sell sports bets football season literally about to kick off we are so close and prop swap is here to make this your best season ever with prop swap your bet doesn't even need to win how many times can you hear that doesn't even need to win in order to make money it just needs to improve for example Trey Lance opened 300 to one to win the MVP this year and has already been bet down to 75 to one. A couple of preseason games will go a long way to that, right? That means that if you bet $100 on Trey Lance back in May, you could sell that ticket on PropSwap today for $400. That's a 300% return before the season even starts. You can make 300 bucks before the season even kicks off. So look, think of PropSwap like the stock market, but for sports betting. You buy low, you sell high. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And of course, when making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. PickWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks, props, and parlays helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction. For every game, every day, and every sport, all for free. Visit PickWise.com to make your next pick better. PickWise backs responsible gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You are a just avid i know you are an avid prop picker well guess what you could turn those picks into real cash with prize picks it is my favorite daily fantasy app it's fast and it's easy and it all starts with prize picks simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projections the more you pick the more you can win up to 10 times your money prize picks is the only way i play and in fact i am looking right now at three picks that i am loving for week one of the NFL season. Christian McCaffrey, over 80.5 rushing yards. That is a simple, simple over. I'm telling you right now, he's going to crush it. He is going to come out of the gate and kill week one. He's ready to go. Uh, The next one I'm looking at, Dalvin Cook, over 94.5 rushing yards. I love Dalvin Cook. Again, he's going to be amped up, ready to get out of the gate quick and over 94. He's going to get 100 yards. That's an easy, easy over for me. And then, of course, my man, Derek Henry, the king, over 99.5 rushing yards. How? How can you bet against this guy going under 100 yards? I, I can't. So definitely a 100-yard game for Derrick Henry, maybe even 200. That's what I'm looking at. So, uh, of course, always, as always, use our promo code SGP. You're going to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's right. You didn't hear that wrong. It's 100% instant deposit match up to $100. We'll match it up to 100 bucks. That's how good we are here at the SGP. That's Prize Picks promo code SGP. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italian Serie A, Argentina's Primera División, the Brasilia AO, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the CONCACAF qualifiers, featuring the stars from the U.S. and Mexican's men's national teams, plus much more. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulsic.
Be a part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit Paramount Plus to start your free trial and stream every match live. Make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use our promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up now and get a free shot at $1 million. So download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. As always, the SGPN app is live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and our podcasts. Don't forget, toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. I know I needed that break to catch my breath. Liz spitting straight fire in this place before the the break. I, I got to tell you, man, I have been on with some folks before, but I don't know that I've ever felt as much fear, excitement, and just sheer wonderment as I did with Liz in those last 30 some odd minutes. But Dan, bro, that was awesome. Was it not? That was great, man. And I'm so fortunate that Liz had the opportunity that you actually wanted to hear my take. So great transition point. Uh, it was great having her on and hopefully, you know, the start of something better. So, you know, I think we, we already get really great guests on this show. So that's a testament to you. But wow. yeah, man, let's get through the rest of the the content that we got here because we got a few more players we got to talk about. We sure do. We sure do. And we reset the clock for three minutes again. We talk about Najee Harris. Boy, you want to talk about some folks on either side of the fence on Najee. There are the Najee lovers and there are the straight up Najee non-believers. So uh, my question to you, which side of the fence do you fall on, Dan? Because here's the thing. The the Pittsburgh running back has always been a position where if you weren't Le'Veon Bell, right? It's kind of up in the air. So this is even more up in the air now. So where does Najee Harris land for you? Are you all in? Or are you all out? It's a great question because I think I'm in like in this, I'm, I'm a little bit partial because I think I'm in between. It's all about where you're getting him. It's the value. So to me, I've seen him in mock drafts and my own fantasy leagues that I've already drafted. I've seen him go as high as back end first round, no later than the back end of the second round. So if I'm the fantasy manager that's sitting in the back end of the second round, I'm scooping him up because you can't deny the fact that this is going to be Pittsburgh's undisputed three down back. You have Anthony McFarland in the background and then journeyman Kalen Balaj. Not too exciting competition to really uh, go against. So if we're just looking at sheer volume, Najee Harris is a great opportunity that you're going to get as a could be, you know, a top 15 running back. Now, the issues I have with Najee Harris and taking him as that you know, early or late first, early second is really stems with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. It is complete and utter trash. We saw last year, Ben Roethlisberger slinging the ball all over the place with his noodle arm, you know, Deontay, Deontay Johnson dropping tons of passes. I love this for the wide receiver standpoint. And I think he's going to be active in the passing game, which is really good for his fantasy value and half point PPRs and PPR formats. Because I think that that's, the, that's what you're drafting him at. You're drafting him at his, his ceiling. His floor is what I have the question about. I think he's going to be – the game script is going to be a little bit varying. So, like, you can't rely on him every game for, you know, to get 20 carries because the game script may not warrant that. However, he will be active in the past game. We saw him in the first preseason game take a, take a, a, a little dump-off pass 25 yards down the sideline, ran downhill. That's what you want to see out of a running back. But – you know, Pittsburgh has a grueling schedule. They're ranked 30, 30, 32nd in strength of schedule this year. And in a really tough division with the Browns and the Ravens, you got to see those teams two times each. So it's going to be tough sledding for Najee Harris in his rookie season. But at the opportunity cost, as a late second round pick, I would love to have him. Yeah, I'm definitely all in on Najee Harris as well. And not because I don't want to debate any of that, but it's just, it, it is. It's, it's one of those things where I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from taking him. I mean, again, if the price is right, and we, well, I know we always like to use that, but if the price is right, I'm going to take right. Najee Harris because right. I'm not scared. Uh, I'm not really scared. I know that, that Pittsburgh running backs historically are, are ones you want to have because Pittsburgh never shies away from actually using their running back. And so that has value in and of itself. So Najee Harris is one of those guys where I'm not, I don't have that visceral ugh when I think about him. Um, and I'm okay taking him where he usually goes. Yeah. And look at the talent level compared to last year. You know, we're talking about James Conner, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. that guy couldn't stay healthy. 
he had a few good fantasy relevant seasons, but you know, the draft capital that's spent on Najee Harris and his talent level, the dude's a stud. So it's just a matter of, can the O-line create some lane, some lanes for him and how active he's going to be in the pass game, which I think is going to be, there's going to be good upside there. Yeah. In a PPR or half PPR, you're definitely going to enjoy having Najee Harris in your, in your lineups. Somebody else I think you're going to enjoy having in your lineups. I'm all in on the guy and I don't know why so many people aren't. Uh, well, maybe I do know why they're not, <laughs> it's but the Jets. it's the I Jets, mean, it's the Jets, but it's Corey Davis, right? I mean, the talent level is there. I am all in on Corey Davis. I think he's in for a great year. Um, and, and I just know that there's all those people out there that really, Again, it's the Jets, right? And how much do you trust the rookie quarterback? How much do you trust that he can turn this offense around? But Corey Davis is one of those guys that I think can make a rookie quarterback look better than he is because Corey Davis is a talented wide receiver. He proved it in Tennessee. I think he's going to prove it in the Jets. So I'm all in on Corey Davis. I really want to see what he can do uh, there to turn the Jets around. But but then I want to know about you. What do, What are you thinking about Corey Davis? Corey Davis has been one of the the rapid risers on ADP. So we saw, you know, just last week he was wide receiver 49 in Fantasy Pro's expert consensus rankings. He's now jumped up to 39. So the market is taking notice. You know, onlookers are watching this Jets team under Zach Wilson and Salah really be it could be fantasy relevant. You know, the Jets are not projected to be a winning team this year. So by nature of it, you're going to get a lot of positive game script opportunities of Wilson playing from behind and just slinging the ball. And competition for targets, he saw 55% of the targets in the first pre- in the second preseason game with Zach Wilson. So, I mean, I think that he's going to be the number one target getter. Jamison Crowder's there. Elijah Moore still working his way back from an injury. He's said to be starting his final preseason game, but I don't know that that's going to really compete with Corey Davis. This guy's had a proven track record of performing when he's been on the on the on the field. Seventy percent catch rate last year and twelve starts last season. Finished as the wide receiver thirty. Think there's some good opportunity value for him to be a wide receiver too uh, this this fantasy season. Yeah, and again, like you said, I'm not scared of any of the uh, other receiving. I mean, Jamison Crowder, he's good, but obviously he's had his troubles of staying consistent. So, uh, and, and again, when you look at the running game, it's not something you're going to necessarily think is going to chunk into, uh, these receivers production overall, you know, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Michael P Ryan, like none of these guys are screaming at you like, Hey, this is going to take away value from a receiver. In fact, it may even add value to the receiver. Um, so wouldn't it be crazy though? If in a couple of years, we're not talking bad about the Jets and we're actually saying how good of a team they end up being. What are the chances of that actually happening? No, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that they're they're on the right track, right? You hire someone, you fire Adam Gase. That's your that's your first good point of success. Secondly, you hire a, a defensive minded head coach that is looking to change around the culture and the environment. I think that they're on their tr- they're on the way to to being a lot better. The only problem is. You're in a really tough division against the Bills who are not going to just take the night off and and just all of a sudden, you know, become this bad team. I think that they're the odds on favorite to win the division and rightfully so. Jets 2023 Super Bowl champions. <laughs> well, Get it would... started. Get it stamped on a shirt, man. You know that there's gang green is out there already <laughs> trying to print it up, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, all right. Speaking of somebody whose stock is rising and we're talking about James Robinson now who, I, I mean... Not to say that I, I thought ETN, Travis ETN, was going to eat too much into this. I just know they wanted to make him a thing, but they already had a thing. They already had James Robinson, 1,000-yard rusher from last season in his rookie season. I don't know why we needed something shiny and new in uh, Jacksonville when they already had something shiny and new, and he was still okay. The uh, tread was not necessarily off the tires at that point. Uh, I just think everybody liked ETN better. I don't know. He's a more sexier name than James Robinson, but all James Robinson did last season was come in and produce. Um, you know, so for me, I'm confused as to why so many people didn't want James Robinson to be that again. And if so, he should have went to another team. Uh, but look at now, especially I was all in on James Robinson before I want to, I want to go on record. I, I hardly ever bang the drum for anything, but this is one where I, I said that I liked James Robinson better. I don't know why they, they gave up on him. So I'm still and matter of fact, now I'm even more all I'm going to go borrow chips from the guy over at the table uh, so I can push his in, too, for James Robinson having another stellar season uh, in a sophomore outing. Dan, where are you? Where are you on this one? 
Yeah, this is the definition of buy the dip. And I just participated in a pretty competitive auction draft where James Robinson went for pennies on the dollar. And this is before the ETN news, obviously. But, you know, I think you're right. And I think that this is a, uh, a culmination of Twitter and Dynasty Twitter really taking over the minds of casual redrafters because look at the optics here. This guy ran for 1,000 yards on 240 carries last year got 344 receiving yards and three another three touchdowns. So a total of 10 touchdowns, over 1,300 yards. That just doesn't go away. I don't care that he's undrafted at Illinois State. The dude produced. And to think that this guy, a rookie, is just going to come take his work when it was already reported that he was going to be in a gadget-type role like a Percy Harvin in Urban Meyer's offense, you got to buy in James, James Robinson. And with the news of ETN being out for the season, um, projecting to be out for the season – you're looking at certified RB2 with upside of RB1 in certain conditions because as as Lee, you and Liz were saying with Trevor Lawrence, this is going to be another bad team in a really bad division where he's going to be able to beat up on the Houston Texans. A lot of positive game scripts with this team playing from behind. I think there's a lot of potential here with James Robinson being a value pick and one of the better picks in fantasy football this season. Eighth easiest strength of schedule at the running back position, James Robinson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So sign it up, man. Buy the dip. Get him because he's going in that late mid-tier range, you know, after the David Montgomery's, after the Miles Sanders, you know, before the Cream Hunts. Scoop him up. I'd rather have him than Miles Gaskin. So, you know, get in on that workhorse back. It makes me wonder how much Twitter and Reddit are are driving the market for him now. I mean, again, with, with ETN being out, how many people are paying attention? I, I Listen, I, and I say that because a lot of the folks that are listening to this podcast, I think, are in very casual leagues where the guys in your league, the gals in your league, they're not paying attention as closely as you listening to this show. That's are. a great point. Yeah. yeah. So these are the guys that you, when when you put them up on the board, somebody goes, hey, well, isn't ETN still there? And you say, well, no, sir. In fact, ETN uh, was was hurt the other day. And then they go, oh, man. And they drink their third beer and <laughs> you get James Robinson and they don't. Right. So these are the names that we keep fresh on your on your head. So that way you can go in and, and beat those guys who are on their fourth or fifth Bud Light. Yeah. Last note, I just say don't don't buy into the Carlos Hyde hype. No. We know who Carlos Hyde is, right? And if he's going to be your third down back, your passing down back, sign me up for that because that's not going to last long. Yeah. James Rob, that's James Robinson's backfield. So get him while you can. I agree. I agree. Uh, I digress. I said Bud Light. I should have said Coors Light. So uh, I'll bleep that out in post <laughs> since I'm doing a lot of post work. Uh, all right. So last but not least, this guy, look, polarizing is not even the word to describe this guy because there's so many people that literally hate him. Uh, and I'm not really even sure why I don't like him, like him. Uh, and if I were going to go all in or all out, I would probably say all in, uh, but only because somebody has got to catch the ball in New York. And we're talking about Evan Ingram and, you know, Kenny Galladay. We talked about, uh, just this last uh, episode with the doc is, is a little bit banged up. He may have some stuff funneled away from him, but Evan Ingram is that guy that New York has turned to in the past to catch balls. Uh, so, but why, why do so many people hate Evan Ingram, Dan? Mainly because he's on the giants and you know, we're SGPN crew here. So I don't know many all rise people, uh, enthusiasts that we have here shouts to Kramer, but, and, and also uh rally rel, but let's be honest here. The giants offensive line stinks. Saquon Barkley can't stay healthy. Daniel Jones can't really complete passes and is very inconsistent. So what's that led to? It's led to the demise of Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram thrived with under Eli with Eli Manning under center. And right now, the only thing that you're really hopeful of is that he continues to have the opportunities that he had last year because he squandered them all. This guy had an 86.4% snap share. That ranked number eight at his position. He had 109 targets at the tight end position. That ranked number four. His target share out of the opportunities, you know, amongst the team, you know, he had to compete with Sterling Shepard. He had to compete with Darius Slayton. He was number five, 21.8% of the target share. So this guy has an opportunity to produce. He just doesn't. And I'm sorry to say, I'm out of the market. If you're trying to buy into the fact that he's a, maybe he has some positive regression, right? Like maybe he regresses back to the mean where he catches some balls. He ranked. 
number two in drops last year at 10. So, you know, it's he's going to have to get back on track. I think it helps when you get Kenny Galladay there to hopefully offset some of that risk on the outside, draw some more attention to open up the seams down the uh, down the middle of the field. But, you know, Evan Ingram, he's not the youngest guy out there. You know, like I, I think that he's certainly had his his fantasy ceiling. So I'm curious to see where he lands right now. He's ranked tight end 14, and I think that that's rightfully he, – he's graded correctly. So if he exceeds that, you're really banking on the fact that this guy never gets off the field. He was sixth in routes run last year. So you're really banking on his opportunity in a bounce back campaign. I don't buy it though. Yeah. That again, that puts him at a tight end too, right? You're not, you're not drafting him in the top of the tight ends. Uh, but look, I'm a softie. I, I have a feeling that Evan Ingram may have put in enough work to, to put himself in the conversation of, of being out there because listen, once we get past the top three, right? I mean, you're really just throwing darts anyways. And maybe you can extend that one more. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you, the maybe top three. Maybe two or three more. Yeah. Yeah. TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson's Kyle a big Pitts. one. Yeah. Kyle Pitts, though. That's another one. I don't know. I, I'd have to see that first, but. Mark Andrews bounce back. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know. But see, if you're, if you're, if you're hoping for a Mark Andrews bounce back, then you got to be hoping for an Evan Ingram bounce back too, because Mark Andrews is in a, a triple option offense over there in Baltimore. So, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a good situation fair. for him. That's fair. Yeah, I think, you know, Evan Ingram certainly has the all of the opportunity to be successful. Now he's just got to he's got to go to work, put in that time and make it effective, because ultimately you could get a steal. Like if you're if you're targeting Evan Ingram, you've already missed out on the top. You know, I would say 10 decent tight ends. And that's OK. You maybe you have to stream a little bit. You could do worse by picking him up as your streaming option. Because there's certainly, you know, the, the Eagles and the NFC, or the Eagles, the NFC East has one of the best strengths to schedule in the league this year. So in terms of beating up on bad talent, Evan Ingram has a really nice, uh, a really nice chance to do that. So yeah, if that's what you're banking on, sign it up. That is a, a great streaming option. I guarantee you this is the hardest depth of uh, analysis for an Evan Ingram <laughs> you'll get anywhere. Uh, all right. Oh, geez. That is it. We have reached our 10. We had six wonderful, wonderful debates with Liz Loza, and we just want to thank her again for being a guest on the show. Man, such a fantastic. I know, Dan, you and I, we're about to go back and take notes on exactly how to do what it is we want to do now that Liz has really just brought it with us just blessed us with all that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, Dan, let everybody know where they can find you on social media if they don't already know, which they should if they follow the show. Yeah, you can find me at, at Dan Titus. That's D-A-N-T-I-T-U-S. Uh, you can find my work at the Action Network and helping out with the SGPN crew, man. Building a lot of great draft kits for the SGPN uh, site. So make sure you go check that out if you haven't. Download the SGPN app as well, just so you can continue to get our latest rankings, articles, and podcast information to inform you before your draft actually kicks off. And Rod, just want to say thank you for having me on, man. It's been a while, but uh, always great talking to you. And uh, yeah, man, we're only a couple weeks out now, so it, it's time. This is what we've been waiting for. Getting real, getting real. Dan's a company man, ladies and gentlemen. And again, we want to thank him for joining us. Thank you for listening. Again, thanks to Liz Losa from Yahoo Fantasy. Go follow her on Twitter again. And just, man, so much good stuff. So much good stuff. If you guys are drafting this weekend, again, we hope you have a good draft. Uh, grab all the folks you want. Hopefully uh, you, you have the stack squad and you get to win whatever the prize is for you waiting at the end of it. So uh, again, for everybody here at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, we want to thank you for joining us. And until next time, everybody, let it ride.